Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. There is no doctor's appointment needed. No blood has to be drawn and analyzed. There are no x-rays that need to be taken and developed and reviewed because there's, no, there's not even a need for a second opinion. The diagnosis is accurate and the outlook is bleak unless we get treatment. Here's the truth. We're all sick. All of us, we're all sick, we're all diseased, we've all succumbed to the sickness and it continues to deepen in our lives as we review social media and we believe that what is highlighted on social media, on our feeds, is actually reality. We, we look the, at the highlights of people's lives and we compare ourselves to them and go, well, my life doesn't match up to that, my vacation didn't look like that, my kids don't act like that, I didn't, okay, so some of y'all no, okay, my, my, my cat did not mind like their cat minded on that little thing they put. Okay, that doesn't happen anyway. But anyway, uh, and, and so the sickness deepens in us and we, we get sicker as we believe the filtered, touched up photos thinking that that's real, that that's real life. And so we grow green with envy. We turn shades of red with anger, anger thinking that we've been forgotten. We've been overlooked by God. My life hasn't turned out like I thought it would. And so now I'm filled with this deep-seated anger. And, and now what happens is we continue to go into deeper debt, trying to keep up with people we don't know and we probably wouldn't even like if we did know, but we're trying to keep up with them and we get sicker by the minute. The truth is, is that most of us are minding our own business and we're feeling some amount of contentment until that person got that car, until that person got that house, until that person took that vacation, until that person uh, got that promotion, until that person got that raise. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we are overtaken by this disease called OCD, obsessive comparison disorder. Yeah, so now because of that, it's set in deep in most of us. Because of that, we are unable to be everything that we're supposed to be in Christ. And so because of our sickness, we, we, we struggle to fulfill God's purpose and plan on, on our lives. And so my question is, how do we recover? Because it's not enough for me to stand up here and tell you you're sick and that I'm sick. Uh, unless there's a prescription, unless there's some way to get over this thing, unless there's some way to, to overcome this thing, I think there's a prescription that we need to take this morning. I want you to turn with me uh, to Numbers chapter 13. It's in the Old Testament. Numbers chapter 13, the children of Israel have been wandering in the wilderness and uh, now they're on their way. They're right uh, just a few weeks after they've escaped uh, Egypt. They're about to possess the promised land called Canaan and they show up on the doorstep of Canaan and then 
they struggle. In fact, just so you know, let me just let the cat out of the bag. Uh, because of OCD, they fail to go into the promised land and they spend the next 40 years wandering in the desert. If you don't think OCD is deadly, that ought to tell you right there that OCD is deadly. So this is the account. This is why this happens in their life. Numbers chapter 13, beginning of verse 2, and then we're going to read down through verse 4. It says, send some of the men, God speaking to Moses, says, send some of the men to explore the land of Canaan which I'm giving to the Israelites from each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. So at the Lord's command, Moses sent them out from the desert of Paran. All of them were leaders of the Israelites down to verse 27. They, they went in, they checked everything out. This is what happens. It says, they gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is the fruit. By the way, it took two guys to carry one load of grapes. One, one, uh, what do you call, what is it? Cluster. So you can tell I don't eat fruit. So I ate my fruit this morning in the shape of a peel. All right. So, so my cluster's smaller than most people's clusters. You can carry my cluster. They couldn't carry their cluster because it, okay, never mind. All right. So, so they say, here's the fruit. Here's the example. This shows you that God was telling us the truth, but the people, here's what they say, but the people who live there are powerful. And the cities are fortified and very large. And we saw there the descendants of, uh, of Anak and the Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amurites, uh, and the, all the otherites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb, listen to what Caleb says. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread, and they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. And they said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nilephim there, the, the descendants of Anak who come from Nilephim. We, here's the key phrase. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked the same to them. Uh, can I just tell you this morning that OCD leads to sea sickness? Get that up on the screen because I want to, okay, I, I didn't misspell it. Okay, OCD leads to seasickness. The spies sent out by Moses go into the promised land. They see what God has said that he would give them and surprise, God was telling the truth. Have y'all discovered yet that God always tells the truth? He, he's not a man that he should lie. He's telling them the truth. So the land is exactly like he says it's going to be. And now these spies, 10 of the spies out of the 12 come back and they give a report and they allow their view of others to cause them to see themselves as grasshoppers. In fact, the King James Version says like this, we were like grasshoppers, key phrase, in our own sight. Don't miss that. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight. Yeah, so, so, so OCD causes them and causes us, if we're not careful, to be seasick. Because they didn't see correctly, the children of Israel didn't enter the promised land, and now they spend 40 years wondering simply because they did not see correctly. I'm gonna make a statement. I want you to stay with me very quickly right here. Don't miss this. Don't miss this statement. They didn't enter the promised land because they didn't believe the right things about God. They didn't enter the promised land because they didn't believe the right things about themselves. 
That's real good. I couldn't get no help in the house of God because we're so sick with OCD, we just missed what I said. They did not miss the promised land because they had faulty belief about God. They missed the promised land because they had a faulty belief system about themselves because they allowed their OCD to get a hold of them and cause them to compare themselves to the people that were living in the land. They were sick. And so if you don't believe, listen to me, I'm going to try to help you this morning. If you don't believe him about you, then you won't believe the right things about you that are necessary to get what he says that you should get in your life. Listen to me. How you see you matters. All right, let's stop right here. I got a a public service announcement. Uh, Just real quick. If you're not careful right here where I'm at, you will bleed over into this kind of uh, teaching and understanding that it it feels like a self-help seminar. So, so I need you to understand that we have got to see ourselves correctly. We got, if you don't see you how he sees you, that's the key phrase, then you will see yourselves wrong. It, it, so, so I cannot allow how I see them to impact how I see me because of what God has said about me. See, I wonder how many of us are missing the promises of God simply because we don't see ourselves like he sees us. I wonder how many of us are missing the promises of God because we overlook what God has given, what he is going to continue to give, and what he will give in the future because we're so sick with OCD that we have a sight problem and we see what God is doing for everybody else and therefore we compare ourselves to them and we overlook what he's doing for us. And we miss the promises. How many of us are missing out on possessing the promises of what God has for us simply because we are seasick? If you see yourself wrong, then you will see yourself retreating, backing up. And my question is why? And the answer is simply this, because you can't follow Jesus if you're comparing yourselves to someone else. Yeah, so, so our eyes are what cause us to be sick. But can I help you this morning? It's the same thing that causes us to be sick is also the same thing that produces healing in us. The, the, I'm trying to get you out of OCD. So let me help you this morning. We must see to be free. Bottom line, it, it, if you get your eyes right, everything else follows. See, 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 see uh, I want you to notice the difference between the report given by the 10 and the only one we hear in this account that's speaking is Caleb, but it was also, it was Caleb and there's a, a, a more um, well-known name that I will mention, Joshua. Caleb and Joshua are part of the 12. They see what everybody else sees, but they see differently. And so when the men come back and give the report, the 10 are seasick and they're comparing themselves to the giants in the land and they're saying, we can't do this. We can't overtake them. But Caleb and Joshua had a different way of seeing. They, they saw things differently. And so their report is entirely different. So they come back and the only difference is the way they see. But I want you to hear what Caleb says. He says, we're well able. We have more than enough power. We have more than enough strength to get what God has said we could have. They saw themselves correctly, so they thought correctly. 
They saw correctly, so they believed correctly. And unless you see yourselves correctly, you will be overcome with OCD. The issue is that we don't see ourselves correctly, so this is what happens. We then, since, we, since we're so sick, and since we got eye problems, we see ourselves one of two ways, most of us. We see ourselves either as inferior or superior. The dilemma is, is that if you see yourself as inferior, you will never accomplish everything that God's got for you to accomplish. If you see yourself as superior, you're no longer teachable, and then God can't use you because God says that pride goes before a fall, that God resists the proud, right? So, so if you see yourself as inferior or you see yourself as superior, you will never accomplish what God has for you to accomplish. Yeah, so, so how do we get this right? How do we fix this? We have to look right. Can I just help you this morning? OCD is cured when we manage our mirrors. Okay, so let me make a statement and then explain because when I make the statement, you're gonna think I messed up. OCD is, a, is cured when we look right. So you're going to go, wait a minute, you've just been talking to us about we're not supposed to compare how we look to other people, so now you're telling me to look right? That, that's all messed up. You've been saying we, can't be, we were sick because we compare. Now you want us to look right? That's how I got trapped in the first place. I, 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 have to make, I have to fake it. I have to look like I'm happy when I'm not. I have to look a certain way to meet society standards, and so i got to look right. You're missing my point. In order to be cured of OCD, we must look right. You say, what are you saying, Steve? I'm saying we got to look at the right mirrors. The cure of OCD is managing our mirrors. We destroy OCD when we get the mirror or the standard right. So, so fortunately, the word speaks to this because Paul comes along and he's dealing with a group of people that are comparing themselves to other people and he weighs in and he provides the prescription. He shows us what the wrong mirror is. Can I just identify the wrong mirror for you so that if we can spot the wrong mirror, maybe we'll look at the right mirror? So Paul comes along in 2 Corinthians and he, 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 he outlines that this is not the standard. He says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, beginning in verse 12. We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves when they measure, listen to this, when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. We, however, will not boast beyond proper limits, but we will confine our boasting to the sphere of service God himself has assigned to us, a sphere that also includes you. One version says this, but they are only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as the standard of measurement. How ignorant. So Paul steps into the fray and he says, listen, you need to recognize that if you compare yourself to other people, you're not, I'm going to say it nicer than he did. I'm not going to say you're being stupid. I'm not going to say you're being ignorant. I'm not going to say you're being unwise. I'm not saying you're being a goob. I'm just going to say it like this. You're not being wise. Okay. I, I would only say it nice. Right. So he says, you're, you're, that he, he literally weighs in and he said, the people around us are not the standard. Are you with me? They're not the right mirror. If you're, if you're constantly uh, comparing yourself to the other people around you, well, they're better looking than I am. They're more gifted than I am. They're more talented than I am. They're more rich than I am. They're whatever. 
then, then you are never going to enter the promised land. Can I tell you what happens when we do that? Let me just show you. I'll just illustrate it for you. Because we're talking about managing mirrors, right? So, so this is what happens. When you, when you uh, compare yourself to other people, have y'all ever been in a fun house? Some of y'all too, way, way too young, right? So, so you're, you're looking for the right reflection. Can y'all see what that's doing? It distorts it, right? So here's literally what's happening. In our, there's an epidemic of OCD going around in most of us because we're looking at the wrong standards. And so what we do is we're looking at other people. The only problem is, is when you look at other people, it does this. It continues, the standard changes and shifts and bows and flexes. In fact, some of you are allowing Hollywood and society to tell us what we're supposed to look like. The, listen, they don't even know who they are. They don't even know if they're actually a man or actually a woman. If they don't know who they are, then why would we allow them to try to define who we are? It's the wrong standard. You cannot go by that standard. Most of us are never going to live up to that standard because the standard changes. Have you noticed that the standard has changed in just the last couple of years of what's acceptable and what's not acceptable and what's right and what's not right? It's constantly shifting and changing. And if you're comparing your life and trying to measure up to that, then you will be seasick. So, so, so if we're going to cure OCD, then we must see ourselves correctly. To see ourselves, listen to this, listen to this. To see ourselves correctly, we have to have the right reflection. To have the right reflection, you have to look in the right mirror. Okay, so now, manage your mirror. So what is the right mirror? I want to submit to you this morning that most of us should already know this, but can I just remind you, this is, this, is, this is basic stuff, but we're so sick we miss it. Can I just submit to you that the appropriate, the right, the only suitable, the only clear mirror that we have access to is simply God's word. In fact, God's word claims that it's like a mirror. So let me just help you this morning. Let me just teach you something. You don't just read the Bible. While you're reading the Bible, the Bible is reading you. It is a mirror. It, 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 we must, the, the interesting thing about uh, God's word is this. An, an external mirror shows us about our outside. God's word shows us about our inside. So, so we must see ourselves in the word. One man said this. He said, the fun, listen to this. The fundamental purpose of God's word is to give us true self-knowledge. It is a real mirror. And when we look at ourselves properly in it, we see ourselves as God wants us to see ourselves. Yeah. So, so the word exposes... Mm. The reason that some of us don't know we have any weaknesses is because we're not looking at the right mirror. The reason some of us don't even recognize that we have strengths is because we're not looking at the right mirror. The reason that, that some of us struggle in our identity I don't know, I don't know if I'm a man, I don't know if I'm a woman, I don't know if I'm, if I'm a, who am I? I hear that question all the time, who am I? The reason we don't know is because we're looking into and at the wrong 
mirror. The reason our young people, our young people are being overwhelmed and overtaken in identity politics and identity teaching and all this kind of stuff. The reason they don't have the ability to stand against that in most cases is because they've never determined and discovered who they are in the word of God. So, so, so the perfect illustration and example of this, this idea of inferior, superior, all this kind of stuff, this, this comparison thing, the perfect example of, of, of beating this is Jesus himself. Jesus saw himself correctly it, with no arrogance, with no pretension, with no pride, with no feeling of inferior, or inferior complaint, none of that going on in his life. He simply makes this statement. He said, listen, he's talking about himself. He makes these statements. See if this sounds like somebody that knows who they are. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. Just just right out there with no, with no fear, no pride, no pretension, not, not feeling like he's less than, and he never said, I'm, he never compared himself to others. I'm better, I'm more of the way than they are. I'm more of the truth than they are. No, didn't need to do any of that. He simply just states who he is. How does he come to that conclusion? Because the word knew who he was. So, 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 so in other words, he didn't need to compare himself to anyone else. So here's the challenge. If you don't know who you are, then you will allow other people and their opinions, right or wrong, to become your standard. So our, our prescri prescription for curing OCD is this. Manage your mirror. Get the standard right. Establish the right standard that you're comparing yourself against so that you can grow and mature and develop in the right areas. Okay, so here's your assignment. I'm giving you an assignment this week. This is homework. If you want to stay sick, then don't do this. If you don't mind having OCD and it's causing you to be miserable because you never see yourself as enough or you're always competing with people you don't know, then don't do this. You can ignore this part of the message. This is for your neighbor. This is for your spouse. If you don't want to go free, don't do this. Here's your, here's, your, here's your assignment. The prescription is to dig into God's word and find out who the word says you are. We have to know who the word says we are. So to understand who we are, then we got to get into the word. So OCD is broken when we allow God to introduce us to us, to introduce us to the us that he created us to be. Yeah. So, so let me help you and I'll get out of your way. Here's the truth about the Israelites. The Israelites didn't have an aptitude issue. Oh, come on now. In fact, I remind you of what Caleb says because he got it right and it was proven later on after all those negative report spies die over the next 40 years. That was the punishment for not seeing themselves correctly. They all die in the wilderness. Caleb's words are prophetic because Caleb and Joshua get to go into the promised land and what they said was true is proven to be true. I remind you about what Caleb said. We are well able right? So they don't have an aptitude problem. They have more than enough strength. What they had was an attitude problem. 
So, so, so since they saw wrong, they thought wrong. The same is absolutely true about us. Are you with me? Here's the truth I want you to hear this morning. You don't have an aptitude problem. Oh, that went over huge. The Bible says about us that you're anointed. The Bible says about us that every one of us has gifts. The Bible says about us that we're favored. The Bible says about, the word says about us that we are chosen. The Bible, the word says that we have been selected, handpicked by God. So we do not have an aptitude problem. Our problem is we have an attitude problem. Our attitude problem has been birthed out of the fact that we don't see correctly. Because since I don't understand who I am and I don't see correctly, then I develop an attitude problem. Because now this is what happens. The world tells us we're not enough. The word says that we're more than enough. But because we don't understand the standard and we're looking in the wrong mirror, our attitude rises. We don't have the aptitude issue. Our attitude rises up and we go, I can't do that. That's not in my calling. I don't have the ability to do that. I'm not good enough to do that. I'm not holy enough to do that. I'm not enough for that. And it's an attitude problem birthed out of a sight problem. So, 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 so our, our, our attitude is this, is I'm not strong enough, even though he says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But because we don't see correctly, our attitude rises up and we dismiss our aptitude and we land solely on our attitude. We go, I'm not enough. I can't do that. I, I, I don't have, it's not an aptitude issue. Yeah. Your attitude is that I'm a nobody. We look at the standard, the, the changing standard of society. And we go, I'm a nobody. I don't drive a Bugatti. I don't live it. Some of y'all don't even know. I, 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 <laughs> for some of y'all, never mind. I don't live in a mansion. I don't, I don't wear the stylish clothes. I, I, I can't sing on key. I can't play like that. I, I, and we go, we allow the way we sit. It's not an aptitude. It's an, we allow that even though the Bible tell, tells this about us and says to us about us, he says, you're the head and not the tail. You're the first and not the last. If we could just see ourselves correctly. I need you just to remember this morning that, that the, we're, we're very aware of this fact. The enemy of our soul, Satan, the Bible gives him a job description in John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So we, I think what happens is this. We tend to land on the kill part because it's so severe. And we pass over the fact that the enemy of our soul not only kills us, he steals from us. Can I tell you this morning that, that, that what the enemy longs to do is to cause you to see yourself by the wrong standard so that he can steal from you your identity in Christ. Because if he can, can steal who you are in Christ from you, then he will also keep you from knowing who you are so that now you may survive, but you won't have any confidence at all. If he can steal the knowledge of who you are and get you focused on somebody else, then what happens is he will steal your joy. Because that's what happens when you're comparing yourself to somebody else other than the right standard is you lose your joy. Mark, Mark Twain said that, the, that uh, uh, comparison is the death of joy. 
That's literally what happens. The enemy comes into our, our situation and he's stealing from us. The only issue is we don't fight him. We don't, we don't even put up any resistance. We keep looking at the wrong mirrors. I am, I am, ooh, I am, ooh, I'm trying to be careful. I'm demanding. Can I do that? I'm just, so I, you can't demand nothing from me, man. I go here voluntarily. I won't see you. I demand as your pastor, if, I, if you consider me your shepherd, your pastor, I'm demanding that this week you do this. Go get the right mirror open in your life and figure out who you are so that the enemy can no longer steal from you. If you cannot see who you are in Christ, then you will never possess what God has called you to possess and you will wander through life and never be everything that God wants you to be. So I'm asking God this week to open up your eyes. I'm asking Him to let us see ourselves correctly through the right mirror. So my ushers are coming right now. They've got this little card. Some of you have seen cards like this. So quickly, pass them out. It, it lists on one side what the world says about us. On the right-hand side, it's going to say what the Word says about us. Okay, now here's the, here's the dilemma. Okay, I started, uh, ooh, I about messed up this week. So I'm developing this card, right? And on the side that talks about the Word, I started listing the Scriptures underneath because y'all lazy no I, I, I was going to do your work for you how are you supposed to know who you are if you don't look in the right mirror and discover who you are and so I, I was writing I, I had like four of them down on the right side with all the scriptures and I had to go into my little program and delete them because I need you to go see who you are. I need you to go find out, because here's, here's the truth, you're chosen, you're anointed, you're favored, you're hand selected, you're more than a conqueror, you're loved, you're accepted, you're known, you're beautiful, you're wonderfully made, and those are all from the Word, but if you don't know where they're at in the Word, and if that's not what you hear the Word say about you, then you're never gonna just take the fact that I wrote some scriptures down on the right side as, as gospel. You need to go dig out, go get yourself the right mirror and dig out God's Word about you and let your eyes open up and get your comparison and disorder under control and let God's Word speak into your... And you say, well, Steve, I don't know enough about the Bible. I can't find this stuff. Then you need one of your four. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about right now. You need one of your four to come alongside of you and say, I, hey, I think I may know where that's at. And then if one of your four don't know, then let one of the people in your life that are well uh, developed in, in using God's Word help you find those passages of Scripture so that it will speak directly to you. And what I am believing is going to happen this week is some men and some women are going to finally get their eyes off the wrong mirror and they're no longer going to be seasick and they're going to get their eyes adjusted to the standard and the measurement of God's Word and you're going to begin to see yourself as exactly who you are. Well, you don't know me. I've messed up. I've made mistakes. My life is in tatters and I'm in shambles. Then see yourself like God sees you because He says you are strong. 
strong enough. You are good enough. You are wise enough. You are more than able. Don't develop an attitude problem. Check out your aptitude and say, I am everything that God says that I am. Father, I pray in Jesus' name right now that what you would do in this moment is you would allow the sickness that has overtaken us this comparison disorder that has so overtaken us that has us in the prison of comparing ourselves to the standards that keep changing and being shifted and moved and our confidence has been stolen and our joy has been stolen and our strength has been stolen. God, I pray that this week, men and women of God who may or may not have ever spent any time in the Word, I pray that they would reopen that mirror and they would dust it off and they would clean it off and they would begin to perceive and see clearly who you say that we are so that we can possess everything that you have for us. Let us see us that you created us to be, I pray in Jesus' name. Do this with me. Would you lay your hands, your own hands on your own eyes in Jesus' name right now. I ask you, Father, tear the scales off of my eyes. Let me see clearly. God, for some of us, we've seen ourselves inappropriately and, and distorted for so long that that's the only reflection we've ever known. And so we can't see ourselves correctly. I pray in the name of Jesus that scales would fall off right now and we would determine and declare and come to grips with who we are because of what you've done in our life, Jesus. This is not a self-help seminar. This is not by our own strength. This is not by our own ability. This is by the fact that you came and you died so that we could have the confidence that we are heirs and joint heirs with Christ Jesus. Therefore, everything that was true about you is true about us. Open our eyes to the reflection of your word and develop us to be everything you want us to be in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Help us to see correctly. In Jesus' name. Let every, every reflection that goes against your word be destroyed in this moment. If the reflection I see back says that I'm a nobody, let me see clear, clearly who I'm supposed to be. If the reflection that has been portrayed back to me month after month, year after year, says that I am ugly, I pray that instead your word would reflect who we really are. God, if the reflection that has been bounced back to us month after month, year after year, says you're nothing more than an addict, I pray that in Jesus' name, right now the scales would fall off of our eyes and we would see who you said we are. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God, living in freedom, possessing everything you said we could possess. And we thank you for doing this. And I believe we're going to walk differently because we see differently. We're going to think differently because we see differently. We claim this for the body of Christ. Let us identify ourselves in you, Jesus, I pray. And everybody said, Amen. Come on, look at your neighbor right now and say, You got to see correctly. Come on, tell them, You got to see correctly. You got to see correctly. You got to see correctly. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, 
You can't live without passion. 